Welcome to The Edges of Lean. I'm Bella Engelbach, and in this podcast, we explore the human and creative side of lean thinking, unusual places where lean thinking is practiced. We meet people who are practicing continuous improvement in many different flavors and styles. So come along with me on a journey to the edges of lean. Episode 35 continuous improvement and helping bossies stop being bossy with Elizabeth Waring. Elizabeth Waring loves building smarter and happier teams through process improvement. She's recognized for her great facilitation skills and her ability to resolve complex issues with practical, simple solutions. Elizabeth is a certified business process manager and she holds a Lean Six Sigma black belt. When she's not helping companies improve, you'll find her out hiking, diving underwater with her scuba gear, and swimming. Elizabeth Berry, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Elizabeth, tell us about Elizabeth. Tell us uh, what you're doing today and how you got into the work that you're doing. All right. Thank you. So... Currently, I'm helping businesses um, improve their workflows, but more importantly, working with um, teams so that there's more cohesive collaboration, um, better collaboration, but also um, getting teams, for lack of a better word, to be happy at the workplace. Um, One of the things I realized um, is often businesses, um, especially employees, tend to work in isolation, even though they're part of the team. Um, They only do their tasks. Um, Once the task is done, that's it. So the the great thing about processes or understanding processes is you are able to look at the whole value chain within your team, which helps people to understand, okay, we are... um, internal customers and we need to take care of each other. And it's always interesting uh, when we are having sessions and we, we, we broach the topic, okay, so what are you an internal customer? So um, it's, it's been how many years since I started work? I think 11 years um, since I got um, involved with Lean. It started off with a project I was running um, and everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Uh, at that time, our CEO was from the engineering field. He had worked in Australia and also in the US um, in the chemical industry. And the organization I was supporting at that time was um, an, an NGO. Um, so he, he came in and had this little tiny book for Lean Six Sigma for everyone. And he was, yeah, he was just like, hey, you, you need to fix this. So I was like, you've got so much faith in this little tiny book and me. <laughs> so um, he, he was, he was in, the, in the country for like, I think, 24 hours. We just packed. But there was just like, you've got to fix this. Um, so then he gave me the little book, um, Lin Six Sigma by, for Everyone by X. I think that would be the the name, I forget the first one, George, yes, George X. Um, And 
it was just interesting that just digging into it, it's written really easy to read, big letters and working with the team. So what I was doing was, you know, take the team, I read a couple of chapters and then go literally and experiment with the team and say, okay, this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. So we're not so sure what the results will be, but let's give it a shot. So training the teams and then we went back to, 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 to the team went back to the fields to get the work done. Um, and there was just immense, I think within a month, we already knew there was something that was changing because the, 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 the staff were more involved in what they were doing. They're the ones in charge. Um, I was a, I was a team lead at that point, but most of the work was being done by the field staff in different regions. Within three or four months, we had a better understanding of what the potential benefits could be with, for the business. And after one year of continuous experimentation, the, 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 the organization was able to, to save half a million uh, dollars project was like from being because it was the biggest project the organization had had at that time and because it was failing so badly they um they were at risk of not being fine of being defunded so other partners were not happy about it but just with this experimentation so by the time the project was ending two years down the line there was really really a lot of things to be happy about um, it's remarkable. I still meet some of the, the team members at that time now, and they're just like, yes, what we did then was insane. So then from there, I, wherever I went, um, so from NGO, I went to Ghana and experimented the same, literally same principles, different, different casts. So um, and it was with microfinance institutions. So again, they, are, they were just like, okay, let's improve processes. Let's get the team involved. Let's get really good reporting. Let's not wait for like quarterly or, you know, six months reporting because the regulator needs it. So then again, there was remarkable. I think that one of the microfinance institutions was able to improve um, the targets, uh, the loan targets by over 100%. So they surpassed it, which was surprising because everyone thought they were not going to deliver. Um, and then went to, um, I think, to Ethiopia. Ethiopia was a difficult country, uh, but there was some initial successes with the, with, with the microfinance institutions there. Um, and at that point, I was also looking into um, technology was becoming the big thing. Um, you know, developing apps and being a continuous learner and um, with a background. So my background is urban planning. Um, then I went to environment. But then afterwards, it's like, okay, microfinance. I, need, I needed something new to, to look into. And I was intrigued by technology because everything was taking up. Kenya is great for, you know, app development and, and as, as a hub. So I ended up working for a, for a startup that was developing apps um, in, in, in South Africa. At that time, it was, it was like, you know, technology is the real deal. But after a couple of months in, I realized, you know, like the tech 
yeah, technology is just, you know, it just got come to me. Um, processes are the key thing. And processes is the glue. So especially being in, um, in, in an emerging economy like Kenya, where you still have a large um, percentage of the population that's relatively quite poor, some but a, a moderate middle class. Um, it's it's so the NGO model of grants only will never work. So then you have the model of like okay, so if we put in finance, how much money can you put in? But then you realize okay, without the processes to make all these financial institutions more efficient, the the poor person who's supposed to be helped is literally paying more for the loans. So if you reduce your inefficiencies internally, then perhaps you're going to, you know, get some great profit, but also help people by reducing the, the cost of borrowing. I think Kenya has one of the highest cost of borrowings, um, at least in the region. And then come technology into play. Um, and this is actually quite common in businesses. So you'll find um, typically the focus is, oh, we need money. Oh, we need technology. Um, oh, we need like talent. So usually these are the three things organizations focus on. And then you can have these top three, like you can have the money, the technology and great talent. But if your processes are bad, then um, yeah, your results are not going to be great. So that's how I got back to Kenya to, to start um, experimenting with organizations who are interested in doing a, um, a different approach to building and improving their performance. It seems to me that you're a, you're a bit of a risk taker, right? That you're willing to step away from one thing and move into another thing and, and, and keep doing those experiments. Is, is that something that has always been part of who you are? I would say yes. I mean, I... On the personal front, I, I love mountains and diving um, in the ocean, and those are always a bit scary. I love exploring countries people rarely go to, so like Iran and, you know, Siberia and stuff like that. So I'm intrigued by the unknown. Um, and also the beauty uh, you have to, and, and yeah, you, we can talk, you can tell me a bit about this yourself but you know lean philosophy itself is about agreeing that you don't know a lot so you're never right. the expert so in that case then yeah I'm always constantly learning and initially I think it was really hard for some businesses to say okay wait what do you mean you're not an expert um, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're the facilitator. I'm just a facilitator to put, you know, to make sure your team can get things done. But you guys are the expert. So, um, yeah. So, yes, you have to just be comfortable not knowing a lot, which is tricky sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult. And it is interesting what you say that when you when you go into an organization, people are used to hiring an expert, right? So to go in and say, I actually don't know, that's uh, that takes a lot of courage in and of itself. So tell me about the work that you're doing now um, and what you have been 
seeing about leadership. Uh, and, and I love what you say about the, you know, the process is the glue that holds everything together. And, you know, the technology is, people look at that as, as being the savior. They, they look at having, you know, a large amount of, of uh, you know, financial resources as being really, really helpful. Helpful, but you say process is the glue. But when I'm listening to you, Elizabeth, the other thing I keep hearing is that you're talking about people and you're talking about leadership and this moving moving from this place of knowing things to actually being comfortable not knowing and being willing to experiment. So, so please tell us about what you're doing and how you you're helping leaders in organizations move into that space. Yes, and, and you're so right. So technology is you know, shiny, but often the best it can do is it can enable the team to either do great or do, do dismally. So we've got people which, again, unfortunately, in a lot of businesses, um, especially here, and I think the situation has been compounded with, um, with COVID. Everyone, everyone wants to automate. Um, but then you forget these, 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 the, the people who actually who are expected to use these technologies is, 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 um, are the teams who are working, the frontline workers mostly. Um, and then you've got the management that often, for the most part, um, the type of leadership I've seen a lot is one that is on the bossy managerial side. Um, so, and as, as we were talking earlier, um, you know, the, the term management actually came from a French word, which means, you know, to handle the horses. Um, so, <laughs> um, yes, how we got into getting into refer to people, um, leadership, I think that's, that, that's a pain in itself. But what's, what's common here, um, at least in the businesses that I've seen, is one, money, I mean, the, the leaders or people in position of leadership who are expected to, to inspire the teams um, are often great technically, but in terms of people management, it's really, really weak. And just, just a couple of days ago, I was talking to some, some of the, the team's uh, leadership in, in a company. I was telling them, next time you think of promoting someone, then let's, let's have a chat and figure out what's, what's the people leadership because um, it's helpful to, to give us work, like you know, as consultants, to develop your, your technically inclined team members to become better leaders. But I think you'd be more efficient if you had a better process internally to be able to slowly and slowly figure out who's got better people management skills because um, yes, they've got to want to learn to to change their their capabilities. So um, having having a team that is uh, very very much uh, technically um, enabled vis-a-vis people management skill, I think is one of the biggest challenges I've seen with businesses I work with. I, I think, Elizabeth, that that is true in other places. I know, I know you're seeing it in Kenya, but certainly in my experience and working in a science-based industry, I saw many, many times when somebody who was a really good 
technical scientist, you know, a brilliant scientist would be promoted into people leadership, or, you know, people management, and then see that they really didn't have the skills. And it may have been because they never, perhaps they were so focused on developing their science skills, they never even thought to develop management skills or because their managers never sought to cultivate that in them. Uh, but you know what you know whatever it is it's I think it's a worldwide problem um, it's it's certainly not unique to, uh, to Kenya but um, it is definitely a challenge that we that we face as as those lean facilitators you know who are trying to help so what what are you what are you finding helps with with people like that who are technically fantastic and and weak on the people side Right, so we have I've, I've had to devise different programs or coaching programs depending on the skill sets of the teams. Because the other thing also that comes into play, play is the management or leadership style of, of some of these. Because some of them are very shy on one spectrum. <laughs> and then on the other side, you've got people who are really, really aggressive. So you've got the, the bossy boss, the ones who wants to scream at you, the ones who are, you know, they just the command driven. So they getting them to understand, um, you know, someone who's timid and always wants to delegate um, and doesn't really take responsibility for work for, for team goal. So the first thing we, are, we I do, I work with them is to establish where exactly are they. And one of the things that has worked really, really well over the last, especially over the last year that I've had a lot of coaching programs is a lot of our managers are not self-aware. Self-awareness is very, very limited. And I think it's just in general as a populace, like as our humanity, we've lost touch with who we are so often they don't even know what what are their core values what's what what are their triggers um when people say um you're really aggressive or there's nothing i can learn from you often they 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 feel personally attacked so then instead of figuring out, okay, is there some little truth in what people are saying? Because if, you know, if three, four people um, are saying that, then how, how is that, how is that uh, affecting their personality? So the first thing we work with with these two extreme leaders is first they need to be self-aware. And then once they get to a better understanding on who they are, what their goals are, what their values are, what their triggers are, then we, we bring them together with the teams. And from there, that's when, again, process, you know, the, the beauty of process improvement is usually it's a team effort. So you yes. need a leader, uh, but you also need, like, team members who, who, are, com- who are confident on their leader. Have you ever been in a room where you you have a, a supervisor or a manager who clearly, in terms of you know how well they speak, how well they but how quick they get things, 
the team members are better are better so then it becomes a really chilling effect because how do you get him to be respected as a resource uh, by a team who feels like oh no this this you know cuz he's not good enough so uh, those team dynamics are there but it's really really been great to see how as they work through the processes people understand who's supposed to doing what who's responsible for what um and then where do we need to 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 get um leadership guidance that that then helps mold the team together and then separately um i then continue to do ongoing coaching for the for the managers to just help them address some of the concerns that are coming in as they as they improve so you're studying with the managers right and and working with them helping them to identify where their strengths and weaknesses are start to coach them and then you move into the process improvement work and that's really that's really a great approach i think a lot of times we go the other way right because somebody you know somebody says in an organization like like um like in the way that you were introduced to lean six sigma somebody says well this is broken you have to fix it and you start with the broken thing and don't think about uh well there are people who are going to have to once this is fixed are going to have to maintain it and then continuously improve it and if you don't start with the people then it doesn't do you any good to fix the process i think that's a that's a really solid approach to take. Do you get impatience though from the people who you're working with to say well why aren't we working on fixing the broken process or or making this efficient already? Um so 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 you're right like this is a different approach to do it and I think um I've been lucky a lot of the businesses that I've I've, I've worked with so far there's been flexibility um with them saying okay um you're you're the one who understands this framework you guide us on how we need to start so um there's been yes there's there's at least i think two, twice um where the managers like wait when, when when are we getting started when are we getting started and i'm like no we're still working with you know <laughs> just just give us more time we're still working it's like okay All right. And then um I've also had the chance to work on the on the other approach where you start where 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 you, where you start with the processes and then get the management involved to 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 make the approvals. And that's the time where you actually start to see who are the managers who are the barriers and who are the managers who are actually the enablers. So then um there's always an opportunity to be flexible and um as much as so for one business we're actually doing that where we are working with the processes fast but then uh, the next phase is actually to to now coach the managers it's been good to also uh, the ones those one manager who was literally appearing to be a roadblock and this is what I've always found about human beings um is when someone is appearing to be a roadblock it's easier for us to say oh the person is just angry the person is just you know not a good person but what 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 have found to be helpful sometimes is just to take a step back and then think about how can they help and then make them the change champion 
So then they have to literally be the ones telling the other team members to change. And I've seen uh, more recently that that has really, really helped. So yes, so it's complex and confused, but also very fascinating. Wow. So you've been working um, in in financial services, right? So with the study with the microfinance and you're working with financial services organizations now. And and I do think that there is this this big pressure to automate never you know with everybody at least having they might not have internet but they have a phone, right? So you can you can you can automate things. Um, how do you navigate that conversation about not diving into the technology right away? Oh, that, that's that's a really, really good question because just last week there was a meeting um, coordinated for East and West Africa. And the, the question was, yeah, we want to automate, but um, I was like, yes, automation is great, but you are going to invest X, you know, technology, especially, you know, the, the, the plug and play are really expensive. If, if a business is looking, a medium-sized business is looking into investing, and this I'm talking about 50 to 100 employees, um, I think you're looking at a couple of $100,000 in terms of uh, just initial investment. So last week was interesting because the, the, the teams just walking through them some of the businesses who had invested. So there was, there was a technology company that I was hoping to automate. So they had to put in the infrastructure, but then they realized they were underutilizing it. And there was a lot of waste and inefficiencies in the processes. So if you take time to understand with your employees, what needs to be improved, because automation, you can't automate everything. Something that's quite common. It's not just in Kenya, because I've also seen it in the US and sometimes even um, in Europe, where they automate the, the customer care. And, you know, you get to speak to or put, put on hold for like an hour or something. But that process could have been handled more effectively by a human being. So we're seeing that a lot here as well. So the idea is actually to make sure is if you're automating whatever processes, are you shifting that cost elsewhere or uh, a business that shortens its process for the sake of technology specification? Um, a good example was, you know, um, they, they reduced their risk analysis to just what's being captured in the system. And the, and the employees stopped using their skill sets for prudent risk analysis. So they're just keying in data. So then that initial step was skipped out, but that's now costing the business a lot of money in terms of poor quality business coming in. And I, I have also seen that in organizations and... I- um, this is a, this is something that I think personally that when you when you automate you should be automating um, in the way that actually I think Toyota talks about it which is to automate the things that are too difficult or dangerous for human beings but you shouldn't make be making people's jobs horrible by automation and you know sitting there and doing data entry 
is not nearly as interesting as working with other people or actually solving problems or, or making things. So, so are you actually creating, when you do that, are you creating a good job for a human being when you're, you're taking uh, some piece of, of work away from them and giving it to a, a computer or a robot? Um, and, you know, it's, it's a principle. It's, it's hard to follow, right? Because there's also, you know, there's always financial pressure. But, but I think you make a really good point, right? If you really look at the money, are you really saving any money? Are you, are you just shifting a cost? Right. And also the, the things, one of the concepts I came across is, you know, we need to figure out what are the non-technology improvements, which is people habits, you know which is, again, that's why Lean is amazing. It's, you've got to, to see how are there things that we can change now without investing in a lot of money and would be great for people to do. Um, and then what can we then automate? So I think making sure you're, you're automating what will help drive the business, for instance, to scale, then that, that, would, that would be great. But yes, understand what you're saying, that you know, a lot of automation is, is more about cutting jobs and get people to work harder. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this, the state of lean in Kenya. Uh, how many, is there a community? Are you, are you all alone doing what you're doing? What is, what's going on? It is growing. Um, so started um, so four years in now. I think there's more there's more people doing lane um, as consulting. Um, previously, I think the large businesses um, relied a lot on top international um, consultants, but that has had a lot of challenges because you know. When you get people to to come in, do the quote quote consulting, give you ideas, solutions, and then they leave, um, mm-hmm. then th- that's that's really not lean in itself because the, the philosophy and the culture of people being driven from within was really really lacking. So you had a lot of organizations that made a lot of great um, benefits for and results for, 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 for the book, but like a postcard. But then yeah. um, a year or two down the line, then the, the, the business is not doing great because the, 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 the lean philosophy was actually a foreign thing. So now it's great to see that there's, there's um, a few consultants around. Um, and I think also the concept of what's being taught is different. Um, it's still still very small. Um, yes, but there's, there's definitely a continuous leaning towards um, requesting for um, process improvement, leadership coaching, or you know, standardization. So there's, there's definitely a growth in that with more trainings. That's, that's very interesting. And it, it is an opportunity, I think, for you and other people doing the work to perhaps get things on a on a better footing, perhaps more more focused on the leadership, the you know the philosophy as opposed to um, just being tool based. So, yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so you're in a great place to start that. Yes, great chaotic space. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> a great chaotic place. Yes. Yeah. When you look back on, on your career and, right. and how, you, uh, how you started out, what you've learned along the way, what would you say to young people studying their career? What would be your words of wisdom? Oh, boy. Um, I think whatever you do, you, you, it's, you know, it's very cliche, but taking one step and just being very curious I think it's really, really helpful. The I'm curious what businesses and you know organizations will be, especially here. We do have a strong, highly uh, labor-intensive. Um, labor is relatively cheap. A lot of service sector jobs are up. So I would say um, being curious trying to learn from different angles. So the challenge we're having with technology right now is the, the algorithms push down your throat what you literally already know. Yeah. <laughs> More of the yeah. same. So being able to just say, okay, wait, what, 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 what's the other angle? Um, and just being a bit adventurous and, yeah, kind to yourself and to the environment. I think that that, that would be a good place to start. Yeah. Be curious. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that takes you into that place of, of if you're curious, you're always going to be going to those places where you don't know, right? And needing to do those experiments. So that's really lovely advice. Yeah. Elizabeth, where if people want to continue this conversation with you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, so LinkedIn. LinkedIn would be would be the best. There's also uh, the website, but LinkedIn would be the, the most efficient way to, to get hold of me. And, and yes. you're on, and your name on LinkedIn, how do people find you on LinkedIn? So it's, it's Elizabeth underscore Wery. Okay, great. Yes. That's, that's wonderful. This has been an amazing conversation, and I am so happy that you uh, spent some time with me journeying to the edges of lean. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been great talking to you. And yeah, thanks thanks for preaching the, the great lean, you know, concepts. And it's always been interesting listening to your podcast as well. So thank you. Oh, thanks for being a listener. This is Bella Engelberg, and I'd like to thank Elizabeth Were for being my guest on how are you managing people who always want to be bossy? We'd love to hear from you. Find Elizabeth on LinkedIn and start a conversation. Find me at leanforhumans.com or on LinkedIn or comment where you watch or listen. And tell a friend about Edges of Lean. Please join me in exploring more at the Edges of Lean. There's a lot to learn. And check out my friends in the Lean Communicators community at leancommunicators.com. You'll find more podcasts and videos with lots of great new content every week. The Edges of Lean is written and produced by Bella Engelberg. This is a Lean for Humans production.